0: Exhausted The show's running time is truncated They seem Distracted To the 417th year 9 episode of Cinema Psyops. I'm your host, Court, fucking up his intro and not giving a fuck about it because he's fucking worn out and fucking high. And laughing at me in the background is my co host, Matt.
1: I am not even laughing, I just get something caught my throat and I started coughing right in the middle of your intro. So that's nice. Yeah. It's good for us. It's all good. Maybe all we good. should settle our differences. In combat.
0: <laughs> you know what makes me say Matei? Watching Matei's films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, totally both conked out on that so much so that when the Les- Laura Gemsner box set uh, deep diving starts happening, we are skipping yeah. any of the films that she was in that uh, we covered with Matei already. No, um, oh, definitely.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't need to re-Matei ourselves. All right.
0: I look at it this way. Even if Matei has something to do with it, if it's definitely a film that we have not covered or it's not a re-edit of a film of Matei's that we've already covered, we may do that one just because it's Laura Jones. Yeah, it's true. Maybe. We'll see. We'll talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's definitely something that will make me say Matei is thinking of making... Having to watch Matei movies again. Well, there's some yeah. I will voluntarily choose to, obviously, like Rats, Nights of Terror, and stuff that I enjoyed. Uh, maybe even, you know, Shocking Dark, I think I would laugh my way through again, but Jesus, don't ever make me watch, like, uh, Never mind. let's stop talking about that motherfucker it doesn't matter anymore
1: what the fuck are we doing man we're at Bloodsport
0: (laughs) yes okay so this is the first in the Boz tribute episodes that I promised six movies that uh, Boz loved we're gonna do six reviews uh, three each one for Matt and one for me each and uh, we're gonna do them in six episodes and it'll have six pirate radio edits and those uh, songs will be also featuring uh, bands that Boz loved when I can fill them in every now and then and if I can make it work with what we're doing in the story as well for whatever movie we're covering. I'm going to do that. Um, so what I actually was able to do was do a two and two thing this week and have two songs from Bloodsport's theme soundtrack like the theme songs that play during the fights and stuff and the training sequences. And then we're going to have two songs from Prong that are befitting of Bloodsport and all the fisticuffs. Sounds good. <laughs> make that shit happen. Yeah, I like, want to sp- get into the review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. You've been chomping at the bit since we even started recording like hours ago to do the fucking last episode of last year. Let's just yeah. go for it. All right. So up first, we're going to have Stan bush singing fight to survive because if there's a version of a song that stan bush sings it it doesn't matter what's in the movie stan bush's version is the one we're going to play <laughs> right yeah. before that we're going to play the legion patreon ad stan bush right after this this'll keep it quiet
2: oh hi there i didn't see it. you. you call me cutting a new show i'm bo ransdell and i'm one of the many creators you can find on legion podcasts i said quiet Back to the cutting room.
0: We were able to bust in right as they're chanting Kumite over top of the music. Badass. No shit. <laughs> Good stuff. Sometimes the shows turn out the way I want them to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's make the show turn out the way everybody That's- wants them to and give them the fucking review of Bloodsport.
1: Let's do it. All right, Bloodsport, the first 20. Well, we see a bunch <laughs> of dudes, and so they're training for a big tournament, including Ogre. <laughs> fucking hey. So we cut to Jean-Claude Van Damme play, playing Frank Dukes, and he's working out, and this private says that the general knows that the tournament he's going to is in Hong Kong and that he needs to talk with him. So Frank says that he's got a shower first. And as he's showering, the, the the private's like, hey, are you done? What's taking so long? And he sees that Frank is gone. The private finds the general and the general is not happy and tells them that they need to find Frank immediately. Well, Frank gets to a home when an old lady answers the door. They apparently know each other, and they greet each other warmly. She will tell her husband that he is there. Frank sees a samurai sword, and we have a flashback time to Frank and some other kids when they're all little kids getting ready to steal the sword, but Frank doesn't want to do it. They hear somebody, the kids run away, Frank goes to pick up the sword. Well, the guy and this kid come back, the kid fucking roundhouse kicks Frank right in the goddamn stomach. The uh, old guy sends his sons away and helps him out. And this leads to our first clip cannot
3: get katana sword by stealing. It is a very special sword. You must earn it.
4: I wasn't going to steal it.
3: You didn't flinch. You have fighting spirit.
4: You're not going to call the cops.
3: Not if we make a deal.
4: What kind of a
2: deal?
3: Your son and my son are in the same school. Frank sees my son's skill. And he desires to learn martial science too.
5: Yes, but what do you mean by martial science?
3: Franks tell me you came to America to grow vine. Yes, that's right. I work at the Verne Vineyard. I came here to grow fish in my hatchery. We both grow children. You use science to make vines grow better. Like vines, children need training. Martial science provides a way of training. Brings mind, body, spirit together. That's enough. That's all for today.
4: Not yet. Why don't you quit, Round Eye? Not yet.
2: Go practice your cut
4: How come you coach him but not me?
3: I brought you here to help me train my son.
4: Don't question me! If you expect me to be punching bad, you can forget about our deal. Someday, I'll fight in the Kuma make my father proud. Shidoshi, I feel like I've lost part of my family too. Shingo and I were close friends. My brothers. And you and Mrs. Tanaka have treated me. Like a son
3: what will happen now no more training
4: just stop now but you have so much to teach
3: you don't understand in the war I lost my first family my son... Daughter and wife. They live in Hiroshima. I left Japan because of the war. The war was wrong. I came here to start over, begin a new family, I have a son, another chance to pass on the teaching. For 2,000 years, knowledge passed from father to son, father to son. When Shingo died, it stopped.
4: Teach me. I can do it. You are not Japanese. You are not a Tanaka! You taught me using any technique that works. Never to limit myself to one style. To keep an open mind. Why? To honor you, Shidoshi.
1: Throughout the whole clip, we see that the boys become friends. Then the son dies, as you heard. And so then they begin training. And after some torturous training... Frank passes everything and is given the sword a lot of the training he's done blindfolded all kinds of stuff so there's there's a whole thing about that
0: <laughs> it's so foreshadowing
1: then, to help
0: yeah. explain what happens at the end yeah
1: so we're back and uh, to the present day and he visits his sick master and that is our next clip are you
4: awake
3: Shidoshi? you sleep with your eyes open
5: how are you feeling
3: <sighs> like an old man and how about you
5: I'm going to Hong Kong. You're sure you want to do this? To honor you means everything
4: to me.
3: I have poured all my knowledge into you. When you fight, my spirit fight with you. And Komite will
1: need it. All right, so he's now in Hong Kong. He's driving, and we see Ogre on the bus, and he's kind of hitting on this woman and uh, getting shot down. And uh, then we cut to a bar, and that is our next clip.
6: You two are here for the kumite, aren't you?
1: Komite? What is Komate?
6: Look guys, I know there's a secret full contact event being held in Hong Kong in the next few days.
7: Yes, Hong Kong is an exciting city.
6: I also happen to know a little bit about some of your competition. Okay. Um Would you just tell me how you got invited? Thanks, guys.
5: What? Think you can give me some competition? Sure, I'll try it. That's what I like to hear. Kid who isn't afraid to lose. No, no, I got it. I want to take his money. (sighs) You ready? Yeah. like this kind of fighting, huh? Yeah. You want to see some real fighting, you can see me fight at the Kumite.
4: I'm here too for the Kumite.
5: Aren't you a little young for full contact?
4: Aren't you a little old for video games?
5: You want to go at it again, huh?
4: Yeah. Oh, okay.
5: Not bad, kid. Name's Ray Jackson.
4: I'm Frank Dukes.
5: Mr. Tanaka. Mrs. Tanaka? Yes? Mrs. Tanaka, it's very important to the government of the United States that we find Frank Dukes. We understand that he might have visited Mr. Tanaka here recently.
4: Mr. Tanaka is very ill.
5: We're sorry to hear that. Was Frank here recently?
4: Frank came here to pay his respects. When was that? Two days ago.
5: Did he say, or, or do you know if he was going to Hong Kong?
4: I don't know.
5: Of course you know. Look, we're not trying to... Mrs. Tanaka, we're very sorry to have disturbed you. Thank you very much for your time. Can I help you? Yeah, how you doing?
3: My name is Jackson. This is Mr. Frank Dukes. Yes. Are our rooms ready? Mr. Lin in room 310 wants to see you after you check in. Who the hell's Mr.
5: Lin?
4: I'm Lin. You Jackson? You look like a Jackson. That will make you Frank Dukes. No, no, no. It's Dukes. Gotcha. Like put up your Dukes, right? Okay, so here's the deal. This is the biggest committee ever. We got fighters from all over. I've been assigned by the IFAA to help you and the other North American fighters to find your way around. I'm gonna make sure you guys give it your best and don't disqualify by fighting outside the arena. The trial, they like the mafia. is allowing us to hold comitre here this time. Here it comes, man. The war city, not a place for outsiders. You are in Hong Kong. But you are about to cross an invisible border into mainland China. No joke, man. It's a random piece of no man's land in the middle of a tourist paradise. It goes way back to the old East Agreement between Great Britain and China. Once you step out of the sunlight into the narrow corridors, it's time to protect your nuts, guys.
2: Okay, USA. Okay, USA.
1: All right, that's the end of the first 20 minutes. So it's kind of all getting out there. Big tournament. Here we go. Ogre and he are now best friends.
0: Yeah, you know what I always forget in this is the hmm. backstory and the old man and the reasons why he's doing this. That yeah, just sketches out of my brain immediately after I watch it every time. Um because yeah. I only think of him being in Hong Kong hanging out with Ogre and the Kumute getting started. Like I forgot that entire backstory is even here and the driving reason behind what it is that he does. Like it just I don't know. It's weird. It feels tacked on to me like this never existed before every time I watch this. <laughs> Well, it's there. Damn it. And I don't know if I, I know I mentioned this in a previous episode uh, as a reason why I picked a lot of these for the Boz favorites, but I want to reiterate it here at the break. Um, These were movies that Boz and I actually discussed either on an episode of a show that him and I recorded together or between recording pieces that we would talk about other things just BSing. But these are all things that him and I actually talked about that he actually really enjoyed uh, all the movies that I picked. And I wanted to pick some surprising favorites for him because he is a horror fanatic 100%. But uh, I just wanted to show you how well-rounded of an individual this gentleman actually was that uh, he enjoyed. And clearly what he enjoyed most about this, if anybody remembers, he was quite the martial arts enthusiast and uh, sword fighter. Uh, <laughs> he did fencing and uh, he did like uh, the stick fighting style stuff and uh, some several other martial arts. Ended up obviously doing the the Star Wars saber uh, battles that uh, they're trying yeah. to get into the Olympics as well. Um, Hells yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like he was, he was big into all of that kind of stuff. And I think one of the things... Things that obviously would appeal the most is the vast styles of martial arts, and then also the reverence that is actually paid to the discipline that it takes and the amount of work that you have to put in. Uh, this montage is not one of those getting tough in the last moments, um, right before a fight a la Rocky 4 montage of like you would get in an action film. This is literally like a life of service in the effort of making sure that you could be here at this moment. This level of dedication that it takes to get to the level of fighter that is going to the Kumite and it yeah. works it really works it brings you into that world and the only thing that really kind of keeps you from pressing the reality button is the acting of the kids in those sequences and their accent um, it makes it a little rough uh, especially the kid that's playing the young Frank Dukes but uh, yeah this is really good stuff and it really draws you into this world and uh, it really makes it give it like this uh, um, world below a world or a world beneath the the like normies understanding of what's going on because it's this super secret martial arts tournaments where people die and like everybody just sweeps it under the rug and bets on it and uh the winner gets a sword and what the fuck people train their whole lives for this thing and like they're not even allowed to talk about fight club like wow what a great way to bring people into this world and it's a true story frank Nooks actually did this
1: kind of shit apparently i don't know how deep it goes but he did yeah we'll get to that at the very end (laughs) they talk about how this is fucking real apparently this is all real
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah let's move on to the next 20 i don't want to delay it any further
1: yeah ogre and frank walk through a dark hallways through like the back alleys and uh, everything else and it's really funny I, It always reminded me it must have been where i don't know if you ever saw the movie beer fest uh but when they're going to the arena they had to go through all these little back alleys and inside these buildings it's all horrendous shit going in there so uh, they went through there. They find themselves to the arena. They sign in, and one of the guys understands who Frank's master is, and goes, "Well, no, he would never train you. You can't do anything like that." And he's like, "No, I, I, I do it all the time." The dim And mock. Uh, I've learned it. So they make him do the death touch, and the he to, There's a stick. What? The dim mock. The dim mock. Uh, death
0: touch. Same thing. Same thing. We're saying the same touch. thing. Yeah.
1: Same thing. And so he has to break a bottom brick without breaking all the other bricks that are on top of it. And he, of course, does the very bottom brick and everyone's like, well, that's amazing. Except for the really bad guy, the one who's undefeated in this Lee, who says it's impressive, but bricks don't fight back.
0: Bricks don't hit back.
1: Uh, Hit back, yeah. Uh, we cut to Bolo some military young, guys ladies and
0: gentlemen, Bolo fucking young. We have to talk about Bolo fucking young. Ah, oh, what an amazing fucking career stems back from was a bodybuilder, obviously. Right. And yeah. then, uh, worked with Bruce Lee in enter the dragon. That was like his first major film role. He made it all the way up to blood sport and he's still going to this day, man. Guys like healthy and kicking and still doing <laughs> stuff. Good. Yeah. is billed as Chinese Hercules and had his own film called Chinese Hercules became really good friends with Bruce Lee. Total fucking badass. We had to talk about him. Sorry. Go ahead. He is legit badass right like <laughs> yeah you wouldn't yeah. want to fuck with him no look at that dude he'd crush you i mean even yeah. if he doesn't know how to do any of the martial arts that you see him doing in films but i think he him, knows how to do that right he would still crush you plus he's yeah. trained that's really scary
1: yeah he's a scary scary man like <laughs> he's got that look like he could fuck someone up whenever he pleases right that little twitch that he
0: does with his eye when he's looking at everything you're like terrified yeah. and what are you just
1: deciding how many people you want to murder right now, or what are you doing? <laughs> right. Each of those ticks of the eye is a count of how many people he's about to kill. Yeah. That's all I'm understanding out of all this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the rage that's in his eyes, I feel so seen. I know, right?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, so then we cut to some military guys, though, and that is our next clip. The picture of the man that we're looking for. His name is Frank
5: Dukes. We have reason to believe Frank is here. At- Hong Kong. His name was on a list on a flight from San Francisco two days ago. Two days ago? Maybe already left. Went somewhere else. (laughs) Asia is a
3: very big place, you
5: know. We were hoping you'd hold on to this for reference. We're here because Frank is going to fight in the Kumite and we're here to stop him. The Kumite? Yes. Inspector Chen. We all know that the Kumite is happening here in Hong Kong. And we all know what's going on over the next three days. Look, Inspector, all we want you to do is pass this picture out to your men. They spot Dukes, they give us a call at our hotel. Some.
3: My men are already overworked.
5: Hey, if it's too much trouble, forget it. We just thought that it should... Inspector, we're all overworked. But we need your help. I'll see what can be done. You know where to reach us? Mm-hmm. You come upstairs with me for an interview.
6: Like hell, let go of me.
5: You want to say no?
6: No, Hussein is as an asshole.
5: What did you call me?
6: You want me to spell it out for you?
4: Leave the girl alone.
5: He's the American shithead who makes tricks with bricks. Guess the kumite starts one day earlier this year, huh, fellas? Look,
6: guys, let's all no. just calm down, okay?
5: She's coming with me upstairs.
6: No, I'm not.
4: If we have to fight for her, then both of us would be thrown out of the committee. Just for her? We could arrange this in another way. Do you gamble?
3: What is bad?
4: You hold this. If I can grab it before you close your hand, I get the girl. If I cannot, she's yours.
5: Very good.
4: Well, you can't do this.
5: Just relax. Take
2: it.
5: Oh, geez, Frankie, I hope you know what you're doing. Ready? Go. Ha! You lose, American asshole.
4: (laughs) Looks like she's mine. Now leave the lady alone. You understand that? Why were you with Hassan?
6: I've been trying to get a story on the Kumite. I'm a
4: reporter. He tell you anything? He told
6: me I had nice legs.
5: He's right about that.
6: Why is it that no one will talk about the Comité? What is this air of mystery? I'm just trying to find out what it's all about. Why are you fighting in it?
7: It's personal.
6: You want to prove your manhood to the world?
4: The Comité is for the fighters. Not for the people who read newspapers.
6: I've heard that it's unnecessarily brutal. Like a cockfight, except it's with people.
4: You have the wrong picture.
6: Well, you tell me about it, Frank. I want to have the right picture.
4: Okay, I'll talk to you. but one condition. What's that? You agreed to have dinner with me
1: tomorrow night.
6: Well, actually, I was hoping Hossein would be free.
1: All right. So uh, the trick he did was he put a different coin in the guy's hand when he it took the actual coin. It's I think to be he impressive. Was, yeah, I think he did sleight of
0: hand. It wasn't speed. I think yeah. he actually changed out the coin, sleight of hand style, and put the other coin in as he was
1: closing it, and yeah. then just pretended like he did that switch nope. the other way. You see, you just don't have except acce- you have not trained like he trained. So d- just don't even. <laughs> this is John Claude, motherfucking damn. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. He trained that fast. He is that impressive.
0: And it is Frank Dukes, not Jean Claude Van Damme, that can do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. Oh, All yeah. of that's good.
0: You're telling you're telling me Frank Dukes can do that. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm not arguing with a man that won the Kumite that many times in real life. So we're yeah, fine. undefeated, by the yeah, way, yeah, undefeated. We're, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. We're good. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, right. I believe that he can do that. I don't believe Jean-Claude Van Damme can do that. No, no.
1: Movie. Jean-Claude Van Damme can't do it, but Frank Dukes can do it. <laughs> and he's playing Frank Dukes, so he did it. Uh, <laughs> right. They just couldn't accurately portray how it happened in real life. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. So they didn't. We don't have visual effects even to this day to be able to do that yet. Absolutely. So, uh, so then Ogre walks in Frank's room because it's time to get ready, and Frank is uh, going ahead doing the splits, the Van Dam splits, and meditating. And Ogre's like, "Jesus Christ, that hurts me!" And then they leave for the arena, and we have our opening ceremonies, and that is our next clip. Warriors of the world, today you become part of a tradition that began hundreds of
4: years ago. The Kumite was first used by the Korokai, the Black Dragon Society, to measure the fighting skills and spirit of its members. Every five years, the best fighters in its ranks would face each other in full contact with one winner emerging. As the superior warrior the champion the Kokurukai has been joined by the international fighting arts association as co-sponsor for this event and as the guardians of a rich and powerful heritage after three days one fighter will prove himself to be
1: the best may the mightiest warrior prevail all right, and our fights begin. Ogre's up first, and he almost completely annihilates a motherfucker. I mean, almost caves the guy's face in, and he's kind of like, "Woohoo, let's go, points at Lee, and it's like, you're next. We're going to beat them. I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. And Lee is next up fighting, and he's the champion, undefeated, killed a guy one year. Uh, and so they get in, and Lee finishes his guy almost immediately. It's like not even a fight. And Frank is up next, and he's actually right up against the same guy who he did the coin trick on. They fight, and it is in record time. Frank knocks the guy out right away. And match over, Frank beats Lee's best time. And as Frank is walking away, the guy gets up to attack him from behind and Frank beats the fuck out of him, knocks out his gold tooth and some guy comes up and steals it. That's the end of that 20 minutes and there you go.
0: He doesn't just go up and steal it. He's actually a guy who's meant to clean the mat. So what he's doing is making sure he gets the gold tooth because he noticed it before anybody else. And he's, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he pretends like he's cleaning the mat while he picks it up. The only problem I have with this is dude, just put it in your pocket and check it later after you cleaned it. He literally bites the gold to make sure that it's gold after it yeah. got guy- knocked out a dude's dirty mouth and is covered in that dude's blood not very good idea man
1: no man just you gotta do something
0: <laughs> plus it hit the mat where all that dude's sweat everybody's footprints all those other germs are going and you're putting it directly in your mouth just to make sure it's gold fuck just fucking pocket it
1: first yeah right goddamn what are you doing pocket it first test
0: it later just keep the fucking thing maybe it's gold that's good enough to pocket it first yeah right (laughs) jesus yeah also it's out of sight out of mind no one knows it's there big deal Mm, anyway anyway, we need but he
1: still put it in his mouth because he had to chew to make sure it's gold
0: yeah it makes it funny i get why they were doing it but it is still pretty gross and yeah my my uh my germaphobic ways kicked in when i saw him do that this time apparently
1: yeah i was like
0: ew (laughs) Shh. Uh, the martial arts battles at first, they had to qualify or they had to be accepted or authenticated as the fighters that they said they were. And that was why the initial test was with he demonstrated the dimmock as a way to prove that he was trained by who he said he well, was. Right, That was just for him, though, because they accepted Ogre's application yeah. right away. It well, was Ogre because has, he had fought there before, but they didn't believe that yeah. Frank Dukes was going to be trained by the gentleman that trained him. Yeah, yeah.
1: That, that's the only reason they had him try. He was able to fight no matter what. But the that they had him do that is because he also said on his application that he was trained by the guy who trained him. And they're like, no, there's no way you were trained by him. And so there you go.
0: Yeah, yeah, he needed to get authenticated. That's why he had to do it. And yeah. now these are like the trials. So it's pretty much like anybody who wants to fight, you go head to head against whoever. They pair you yeah. off and then that's how it starts. So it's pretty yeah. much like anybody, you know, anybody can thunderdome it and if you come out then you're actually in the Kumite. <laughs> From yeah, this right? This is this is how you get in or out. Like your this is the initial bout. Your your trial offer, if you will. Your first bout and then
1: that's how you know you're in. And yeah.
0: nobody's there to watch them. There's not a lot of a crowd. It's mostly just the fighters. No, no, kind but they'll
1: change your Dude. This yeah. is a, it's, it's like preseason. No one's really going to filter in to watch the beatdowns. And there's <laughs> nothing to really bet on. You kind of already know who's going to be doing what. The the real because really the only people going there to watch aren't really there to watch. They're to bet. Right, uh, like so. people
0: want to gamble on who's going to win that's all they seem yeah. to care about um, which is probably one of the ways that they're able to fund this and keep these organizations going you know they kind of had to make these deals and then also it's a great way just for everybody to make money you know is to bet yeah. on something that you may or may not be able to control especially in Akumite because you know these guys are giving it their all because they want the tournament so that's more safe betting you know who's going to throw that <laughs>
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah right <laughs> yeah it's more about the honor um, I, I really really like the way that they keep developing this story and I love the way that they actually show you the mechanics of how this works. I feel like this is almost like a how to video on how to set up your own underground fighting ring.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it feels like it, right? <laughs> I mean, pretty much. We can move
0: on. I just wanted to state that.
1: <laughs> um, all right. Uh, the next 20 minutes, well, our tournament continues. And, and so there's a lot more fighting, all this kind of stuff. Really, some great choreography, some great fighting in this movie. Yes. It's, it's some good stuff. You, there's not one dud of a sequence. So even though it's kind of padding, it's awesome padding because it's fun to watch.
0: Yeah, this is some of the best martial arts choreography in its day.
1: Well, the acting is subpar and a little laughable with the lines and stuff.
0: It's on par with the uh, action films of its day.
1: Yeah. And the fighting just you get over it real quick because how good the fighting is.
0: Yeah, the, the choreography in this transcends the actual source material. It is really, really well done. And it is actually on par with some of the great martial arts stuff that you will see um, throughout the years. It's the part that matters because the, yeah. the choreographer is the one, especially in a martial arts film. The choreographer is the one that's always going to bring it all, like all the time. Like they're, they're going to go as big as they possibly can for safety and make it what they can for the fighting. And if the actors are game and they're like a dancer, like that's what makes Jean-Claude Van Damme so fucking good. Uh, as far as action movie martial arts stuff goes, he's not really a martial artist in real life. Like he's learned stuff over time and he probably can kick the fuck out of people because of that. But when he started, he was a dancer. Like I think he did ballet. Like he's a very fit fucking dancer. Yes. And that's why he does all the splits and everything. But because he can handle the choreography and they could give him more and more complex stuff to do and he can sell it because he can control his body. to Such a granular level. He's able to sell the martial arts in such a way that your average actor actor who just learns the choreography, you know, to meat and potatoes, punching and kicking stuff that you would see from other folks aren't going to be able to pull off. And it's actually really interesting to me that a ballet dancer can transcend to become this ultimate badass on screen like this. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> nice, though. Yeah, it all comes down to the choreography. Yeah, and just having that kind of control over your body, he can show you the martial arts moves as they can happen. And we talked about how fast Frank Dukes can punch and and all of that stuff and how he can move so fast he can grab a coin before a guy can close his hand, you know, because he's done all the training and and all of that. And actually, there may be kind of a a bit of science to back that up that they could move that fast because Bruce Lee had to slow down when he threw punches on screen, not just for the, you know, choreography aspect, but just so he could be caught on camera like so that his punches could be seen because he could punch fast enough because he
1: punch too fast
0: yeah in one twenty-fourth of a second he could punch before a frame could catch him yeah that's so fucking
1: terrifying (laughs) i know it's just scary shit yeah so constantly
0: so thinking that frank dukes might have been able to go that quickly and snatch that with enough training is definitely something that is very plausible and terrifying to me now making the rest of this world even more terrifying to me
1: no yeah that's why i don't fuck with people you know you (laughs) just don't know who people are no more yeah blood sports a fucking horror movie man yeah yeah i did I don't need to be a part of it. Like, hey, Matt, you want to go to a blood sport? I'm No, I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> I'll be like, you got one of them feeds on the Internet so I can watch? Yeah, I'll watch that, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, then we cut back to the military, guys, and that is our next clip.
5: Real good stuff. How's the real? As good as mine? I don't know. I haven't tasted it yet. I think I'll tell them to kill it first. <laughs> you should ask for folks. Inspector Chen. What a pleasant surprise.
3: Please join us. No, I never eat here. I found some information for you. What is it, Inspector? Frank Dukes is at the Easley Hotel in Kowloon.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Hey, that's some meal. Okay, Dukes. You know why we're here. I'm taking you back, Frank. Let's go.
4: Only when the committee is over.
5: Who the hell are these two scumbags? To stay out of the palace. Not your business. Okay? I ain't your pal, Dickface. Look, Frank. The government has invested a lot of time and money in you. Uncle Sam can't afford to let you get hurt. will one get hurt? That's why we're here. To make sure of that. Don't make it tough on us, Frank. I'll be in the airport in two days. It's not good enough. Frank, read my lips. We are taking you back now. Don't make us use 50,000 volts on you.
1: I love this part. Yeah. So Ogre's like, fuck these two guys. And he tackles them. And Frank's able to run. And then we get a little bit of a, a chase scene going on. Um, and he's able to lose them both. And they get dumped into the goddamn ocean. And he runs away from them. And then we cut to dinner time. That's almost like that's probably the most amount of padding that I think is kind of dumb in this movie was chasing yeah. or whatever but it also
0: establishes how much more physically fit and how much he is just fucking with them because he stops for a moment and runs back at them for a couple of seconds to like yeah. let them really catch up and then sprints off again and then stands like 10 feet away from them and waves and just looks yeah. at them as they try to catch up and then sprints off again <laughs> and like at one point he like just runs past them in the opposite direction and dodges them just for the fun of it like he's just fucking Benny Hill goofing on them and it's awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, in- it's entertaining even though it feels like padding just because we want to get to more fucking kicking ass you know yeah but like it's, want to, i want i'm like
1: more yeah. tournament more yeah. fight yeah but it's still fucking funny it is it's good shit yeah uh, <laughs> Good. so then we cut to a dinner time with our young lady reporter and that is our next clip
6: all those different fighters in one event sounds wild
1: you have to see it to believe it
6: oh come on frank Couldn't you just get me in? I really want this story. It would mean so much to me.
4: They have strict rules, no press.
6: I bet we could think of something. I doubt it. You're telling me you never break rules? What do you mean? Who are Helmer and Rollins?
4: Just friends. Why?
6: They must be very close friends. They've been inquiring about you all over Hong Kong.
4: What do you want from me?
6: Well, I'd really like you to help me get into the kumite. More than that, I'd really like to get to know you. That's all we have all night.
1: Baum chicka baum wow. And that certainly is what happens, because we cut to her waking up in the morning in bed. Then Jean-Claude cuts to him putting on some tidy. So, hey, if you're into Jean-Claude Van Damme's bare ass and then him wearing nothing but bikini briefs, you can take the movie.
0: Yeah, this is definitely the scene for you, because uh, if you're into what he's got to offer, he definitely has a lot of it to offer. He is a stunning man at this era.
1: Yeah, he is. He's in shape. Uh, There's there's. There's nothing you can say about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll, let me put it this way. I'm not into dudes, but I was considering it. Look at him putting
1: those briefs uh, you, on. <laughs> you're like, just hold me, you know, <laughs> just hold me and I'll be safe with you, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I would find him holding me in that outfit rather comforting and a discomforting. Yeah, uncomforting,
1: but uh, comforting the same way, like, you know, no one's going to fuck with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I know that everything's going to be okay while he's holding me, but at the same time, I have like a inner conflict
1: as to why I'm enjoying being held by him. Exactly. We Um, can move on, sorry. Yeah, he lets her go that he's got to go, but he can't help her get into the tournament. She says she understands. Well, he gets back into the arena and uh, Ogre decides to break some bricks and he just breaks one over his head. He's like, hey, take that, motherfuckers. And then Frank looks around and he sees the reporter lady there undercover with some dude. So he's like, ah, she didn't figure out a way to get in. Then uh, we cut to some more fighting. Again, Lee is just brutally fucking guys up snaps a guy's leg in half. That was kind of brutal to watch. Um but just a shit ton of awesome fighting. Then Frank has to fight there's this one guy we've seen a lot of who's just really big big dude and he's just been overpowering guys pretty much. There's three ways to win. You either get a guy to say Uncle, I don't know the, how they pronounce it. But Mate, think, they
0: say Mate, like May Mate.
1: Mate. Oh yeah, they get him to say Mate. They get him to just knock him out, or they throw him off the the platform. Those are the three ways you win. Well, Frank has to fight this big guy who's just been throwing people, just chucking them, spearing them right off the the platform. He fights, then he hits him with this big major blow, and the guy keeps coming. So he does the splits and hit him with the nut shot, the old Johnny Cage special. Uh, the guy falls down, Frank wins, and that's the end of that 20 minutes before we head into our final 30. I do believe that that maneuver is what influenced Johnny Cage, is it not? I guarantee you it's definitely what influenced Johnny <laughs> Cage. is supposed to be an Americanite, more Americanite version of Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah,
0: it's great <sighs> stuff. Okay, so the big thing here is Chong Li is definitely going for ruining the career of the fighter he goes against, injuring them. He's coming in to
1: kill him. Not just ruin him, kill him. He well, just he, has no care. He doesn't care what he's doing. Yeah, well, he, he's escalating.
0: Like, he just does what's easiest. Like, he broke the one guy's leg and then knocked him out. But then yeah. after, like, two or three fights, he just starts murdering everybody just for the sake of murdering them.
1: Well, he has point. no respect for the fights or, you know, where everyone has this kind of respect in the tournament, their martial arts respect or or whatever, you know, whoever they, they he is can't care less about any of that pageantry. He's about he's. I I, the best way to describe him is a prize fighter. He's in there to beat the fuck out of people and get paid.
0: I think the money is more or less just a nice bonus for him. He is there to hurt people, ruin their careers, and kill them. That's it. That's all he wants to do is just to maim and kill. That's it. Yeah. The money is just a bonus to him. And yeah, you're right. Like the meaning of this, the honor of winning the Matei and what it means to win it, um, the sacrifice that you have to do to get to where you're at, all of that stuff clearly means nothing to him. Uh, No. And there's a lot of where it doesn't really seem like that's their case. I think they want the money for the prize or whatever it is that's the grand prize. It's not about
1: the honor. It's not the honor. Right,
0: right. And, you know, the only reason that Frank is there is solely for the honor. He doesn't care about the money at all. He needs to win this
1: for... To be the best that he can be.
0: Yeah. And it's not even for him. He needs to be the best that he can be so that the teacher that teaches the style that he fights with can have his family's honor be carried on, like to show that their martial arts is what they say it is, you know, and continue yeah. that that defense or that line of that defense that's very important, you know, is to carry it on. And it should have been father to son. They talk about that. But in this case, you know, it's sort of like this adopted son and it's passed on to Frank. And it's a very interesting way of doing the white savior routine that, that becomes yeah. so prevalent later on. Um, but it's yeah. actually Frank Dukes' life, so uh, this actually happened, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, so
1: You can't say too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. This is his actual life, but it also becomes a cliche later on <laughs> in action movies, too. True. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. All
1: right. So uh, the final 30 starts. It's time for Ogre to fight Lee. Frank tells him to make sure to go for the gut, stay away from this right leg. Ogre gets in there and he does exactly that. Gets the upper hand and seems he could put Lee down and finish it. However, Ogre being Ogre, he likes to, you know, palpinticate to the crowd. He's kind of going, huh, what should I do? Which allows Lee to recover and Lee beats the fuck out of Ogre, almost killing him beating him damn near to death until he can't move anymore. And the ref stops the fight. He stops Uh, his
0: head and cracks his skull open too.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, Frank gets up there. He's trying to stop it. Um, uh, Lee takes Ogre's bandana and kind of mocks Frank with it. As Frank is checking on him. Uh, Lee tells him that he's going to be next. And uh, then it cuts to a hospital, and that is our next clip. Ray, Ray, I'm here.
4: Ray, the doctor says you're going to be OK. You're lucky you have a head like a rock. Yeah, you'll be out of here in a week. I'll get back at Chong Li. That's a promise. Do
6: you think that's what he wants, someone to share a room with?
4: Johnny, stay out of this.
6: Frank, I don't want to see you get hurt.
4: Then don't watch. If you want to argue, go elsewhere, please. Sorry. You're not even trying to understand what this means to us, are you?
6: What is there to understand about a bunch of guys who have to prove themselves by beating each other's brains out?
4: Why did you become a reporter?
6: What does that have to do with it?
4: Just answer the question.
6: My father was a reporter. I was a good writer. It seemed like the right thing for me to do.
4: And you want to be the best reporter you can be for him and yourself, right?
6: Yes, that's right.
4: Well, I'm just trying to be the best I can be. Not just for me. For Tanaka and my shidoshi too.
6: Great, Frank. That's just great. Go right ahead. I just hope you don't end up like Jackson or worse. But I'm not going to stand around and watch it.
4: You're blowing it, Frank. Forget about the girl. Forget about getting back at Li for Ray. You have a chance to take it all tomorrow. Do you understand? You can be the first Westerner to win this thing. But you got to have a clear head. You hear me? You hear me?
3: Why are you so interested in stopping the Kumite?
6: Someone almost got killed there today. I have a friend fighting in it. I don't want him to get hurt.
3: Okay.
1: Who's your friend? His name is... Frank Dukes. All right, so then we cut to Frank, and he's kind of riding on a bus, and... He sort of just uh, remembers the last five minutes of the movie. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. And (laughs) He sees Lee everywhere in reflections. So then we cut to him meditating, doing the splits on top of a building, which is actually a pretty awesome fucking shot. As ridiculous as it was, it was a pretty good looking shot.
0: (laughs) It's framed well, absolutely. But the concept is kind of out there.
1: Yeah, Uh, it is. But it's still
0: nice. (laughs) You know what? If Frank Dukes did this in real life, I have no question that this is something he needed to do
1: to prepare for her, uh, how he fought. Um, if that I is don't not know if Frank can do the, the splits. The, the splits. I think that might be a Van Damme special. Yeah, well, just the
0: cheesiness of it being up on the yeah. rooftop for the dramatic thing. If that was something that he did, you know, for like his own yeah. training or whatever to clear his head, like I get it. That's then it's, like okay. the, it's like the samurai Jack in a waterfall moment. I get that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it centers him before battle. Cool. <laughs> but but this is definitely a poetic license, but it's still a great fucking shot (laughs) yeah
1: it's it's such a great fucking looking shot i I, yeah it's i got no problems with this whatsoever yeah the crew Um, did a good job with this one yeah exactly uh so um then frank uh heads back to the arena and while he's getting ready to walk in the two military cops are there and then all of a sudden uh a whole bunch of other guys show up to you know stop him and Frank beats the fuck out of all the grunt men. And after he beats the crap out of everybody, he looks at the cops. He says, listen, uh uh, I'm gonna meet you in the airport in two days. So that's that's just it. So the two cops just decide they're gonna actually just gonna go ahead and watch Frank fight now. Just they they've reason they've resigned the fact that they're not gonna be able to stop Frank, uh, which is right, goddammit. <laughs> Don't you forget it. Eventually Forrest um,
0: Whitaker in every movie will do the right thing.
1: <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Oh, the Forrest Whitaker. It was the old guy who wanted to do the right thing. Forrest Whitaker for some reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, eventually he will do the right thing, though, in a movie. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah.
1: So anyway, uh, so anyway, um, Frank gets a, they are almost getting ready to disqualify Frank because he's not showing up. But he gets to the arena and he fights his semi-final fight and uh, he wins. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it takes a lot but Frank is able to get the win. Then Lee does his semifinal fight and much to how Lee does it, he kills the guy. He kills him and then tells Frank that yep, he's going to be next. Uh, and then um you know they they this is when they do like a little prayer after the guy is you know confirmed dead and everyone's kind of they go from cheering to being silent and praying and that's where you see lee doesn't can't just can't really give a shit about any of that uh and so you kind of get an idea of who lee is
0: yeah he's a sadistic sociopathic psychopathic motherfucker that's just there to maim and murder that's it yeah Pretty much. And he's a narcissistic so, piece of shit who wants everyone to cheer for him while he does it. Uh, that's also true.
1: All right. Now we're getting ready for the main event. And as Lee gets ready, he hides a salt pill in his waistband uh, and then ties Ogre's bandana around his knee as a ultimate sign of res- disrespect. Um, Lee, they get up under the thing, you know, on the, the main mat, and they're getting ready to go and Lee says, you broke my record, so I'm going to break you. They fight. It's a back and forth fight. Um it's uh, I mean it's just it's a fantastic final fight. Uh if you're going to watch a final fight, fucking this is this is this is the one. Uh yeah. it, it's, it's so fucking good. Yeah, the
0: choreography, the dramatic way that it is shot and portrayed on screen, the scoring for it. This is at the time how you wanted your martial arts film to end. This is
1: yeah. how it goes. Like yeah, this beats Out Karate yeah. Kid for sure. <laughs> Oh, that's all i'm big saying time big time well anyway as frank starts getting the upper hand that is when lee throws the salt pill into his face it explodes blinding him and then lee takes advantage kicking the shit out of frank for a bit until Frank remembers his training under his master where he was always blindfolded and that's when frank starts catching him and he's able to work off of his senses and uh so uh, then he starts whooping wholesale ass on Lee. He uh, then he gets Lee down, gets him in a submission maneuver, and makes him say uh, makes him say Mate. And Lee does say it. And then he takes Ogre's bandana back and is declared the winner. And this leads to our final clip. Mister Dukes, you fought with inspiration.
4: We of the Kokorukai salute you.
5: This is for you, Shidoshi. So you stomped him real good, huh, Frankie? Worse. What do you mean?
6: He made him say mate.
5: All right, Frankie. But don't you get too cocky, because you might have to go up against me next time. I promise. Mm -hmm.
6: You guys are out of your minds.
4: I'll
5: drink to that.
4: (laughs) By the way, next time you fight,
5: try to keep your clothes on. Anytime, any place, anywhere, if you ever need me, I'll be there. I love you, my friend. Me too. Take care. He's not going to show. It looks like he did it to us again, huh? Hey, guys! You're coming or what? you son of a bitch
7: you're always late
5: you know you're really a pain in the ass you know that i'm just glad you're on our side kid
1: all right so all this ends and as frank right as frank is getting ready to get onto the uh plane he sees the reporter lady and she does the most cringy martial arts salute so he does it back And right before everything's done, we get some writing on the screen that states from 1975 to 1980, Frank W. uh, Dukes fought uh, in 329 matches. He retired undefeated as the World Heavyweight Full Contact uh, uh, Champion. uh, Kuma Tay. uh, Kuma Tay. Uh, Mr. uh, Mr. Dukes still holds four world records, fastest knockout in 3.2 seconds. Fastest punch with a knockout 0. 0.12 seconds. Fastest kick with a knockout 72 miles per hour. And most consecutive knockouts in a single tournament, 56. Subsequently, Mr. Dukes founded the first American Nijitsu system, uh, Dukes Room, if I if I pronounce that right, and then roll credits. <laughs> 0.12 seconds is his punch. In a kick. In a kick that went 72 miles per hour, hitting you in the fucking brain.
0: Right. Ow. Yeah. Okay. Ow. Point 0.12 is 12 one hundredths of a second. Yeah. Of a second, he knocked someone out with a punch. <laughs> Yeah, 650th. We can reduce it even further. Yeah, <laughs> 25 of a second. 325th of a second. Proving that it can happen, that you can
1: punch faster than 124. I, I am fucking with Frank. That's all I'm saying. I don't care <laughs> how old he is. If he's still alive right now, I'm fucking with Frank Dukes. <laughs> yeah,
0: much respect for a man who spent his entire life and clearly dedicated his entire life to developing his physique to be able to compete in such a way. And you know what? Yeah. Bonus to him. If that's how he chose to show his skill, Skills, um, yeah. Is in an honorable way like this, and to be that honorable of a fashion, uh, considering that he fought in an underground tournament like that, that murder was yeah. fine and everybody was cool with, like, yeah. like Jesus. And he he won for years.
1: <laughs> years he, won. He, he retired. He retired undefeated. Yeah. he never lost.
0: He never lost a single match in a, in a time. full
1: contact bare knuckle. Maybe mm. you might die. Tournament.
0: No holds barred. Apparently, <laughs> no yeah. holds
1: barred. And if you die, you die. Your body will probably end up in a shallow grave and no one will ever know where you went.
0: Shallow mass grave. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Good on you, Frank. (laughs) Much respect, mad Respect, man. Can't do it myself. But if an alien species landed on this planet and said, we can give you any fighter from any time and that's who's going to represent the human race and earth in some galactic tournament, I'm taking prime shake. Prime shape, Frank. All right, the (laughs) prime. I mean, who else you gonna take?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, what? I mean, I mean, I can't really think of anybody else. (laughs) I used to think Brock Lesnar, but at this point, fuck it. (laughs) Give me Frank.
0: Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is an incredible film. Uh, the story of Frank Dux's life is absolutely incredible, and uh, yeah. I want to learn more about it. Um, it's, I do, too. It's Even to half me.
1: of it's true. It's amazing. It's an amazing <laughs> life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i absolutely absolutely 100 percent concur man what a what a blast and a great way to start off year nine An amazing way to pay tribute to boss to talk about this movie because i don't think we would have ever covered it otherwise and uh, i can clearly see why this is one of his favorites man i'm still jazzed up from us just uh, talking yeah. about
1: it you know i'm this still gonna fucking be great <laughs> and you know what a tight efficient movie
0: yeah yeah absolutely well why don't we go ahead and squeeze in a story time we'll call it quits for uh this episode of year right. nine the first one all right let's go uh right now we're going to take a break we're going to play more stan bush from the soundtrack of blood sport with the song on my own when we come back we'll do a story time Sad song when the hero realizes it's down to him to take care of business. Yeah.
1: I mean, the music in this was pure 80s fucking gold. Well, that is Stan Bush,
0: man. He does the yeah. theme of, like, so many of the fucking 80s songs that I think he was kind of the voice of the kick yeah. action film, particularly for canon films. There's a lot of canon films using Stan Bush just like this. And we forgot to mention that. It's one of the finest canon films.
1: Yes, she <laughs> is.
0: All right. Well, let's uh, figure out how we can make this work with our story time.
1: story time. I got a good one. Uh, well, I don't know about good one, but I got a story time. And it's because Jean Van, Jean-Claude Van Damme was in this the first time I ever saw Rob Van Dam, who's a professional wrestler. <laughs> and Rob Van, Van Dam gets his name, derived somewhat from Jean-Claude Van Damme, in the face when they were younger, kind of looked alike. And Rob Van Dam can do the splits like Jean-Claude Van Damme does. And I first saw it, and, and really, I, I, I knew two wrestling promotions, and that was about it you know, all my life. I saw it in a wrestling magazine where he was, at this point, television champion and won half the tag champs, and he had both those belts, and he he was doing the splits on a weight bench while holding a gigantic barbell, and I went, ow, that has to hurt, and I go, where's this guy wrestling at? And it's the first time I ever heard of ECW wrestling, and I got into that, and I started watching that. And it both internalized me and disgusted me at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) And it's where I really questioned where professional wrestling was headed. Even though they had some great matches, I literally watched a guy get crucified by his son and family. So it's kind of fucked up. (laughs)
0: yeah ECW is kind of my uh, exit point around the time that ECW really really started getting very very big that's about the time that like like around 99 um, when I got into college and I just started getting high and like partying more and I didn't have time to be watching stuff I missed a lot of Monday night wrestling because I was too busy partying on Monday nights Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all that so that's how I kind of got out of it you know like it's around that time but like the things I knew about ECW I was like this is fucking like how much worse can it get like
1: you're basically it was fucking brutal but when you talk about matches like malenko guerrero for the television championship in the early days it's i mean you got yes the shock factor and the 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 uh uh, the shock factor and then you know they they were kind of the first promotion to really go full on sexualizing people and shit like that uh Yeah, was that a lot? It sure was. But when you got some of the matches, Jesus Christ, was it some fine ass fucking wrestling? (laughs)
0: <laughs> right i'm just saying like i'm not it, yeah. it didn't I, just, I don't know like i was just starting to wonder like at one point in time are they going to start doing uh like just going back to the greco-roman days of just full-on gladiators and they're murdering each other you know
1: well i thought at one point they might go to fucking death matches but jesus christ uh i always remember though one other one and that's uh with uh fucking Uh, Mick Foley and fucking uh, Terry Funk were wrestling and they started calling for chairs to be thrown in the ring. So the audience, they were buried in metal chairs (laughs) because everybody in the audience picked up their chair and threw them into the ring. (laughs) It was insane. (laughs) And all you saw was Mick Foley's arm come up and start begging for more chairs to be thrown. (laughs) <laughs> this mcfoley's is a madman. <laughs> Anything to keep the crowd going, man. You know? Oh, God. He really was that, wasn't it? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right so oh, yeah, there's my story time yeah uh,
0: my story time is actually going to be about um my memory of actually my exposure to jean-claude van damme which is blood sport oh there you go okay it is probably i want to say around 12:30 a.m to 2 a.m ish in the morning on a weeknight uh when school's in session and it's like i can't sleep my dad's going to be home in just a little while but I have enough time to squeeze in a movie if one has already started or if one is about to start. So I sneak downstairs very quietly to go like flip through the channels to see if I can watch a movie because I can't fucking sleep. And then I just have to make sure I get the TV off and I'm back upstairs, you know, to hide from my dad when he gets home so I don't get in trouble. I do this on the regular and uh, I'm flipping through the channels and Bloodsport comes on whatever movie channel at the time that my parents had a subscription to. They moved around for some of them. They stayed mostly with HBO. Uh, So it was more than likely probably HBO that I saw it on and uh, I got exposed to Bloodsport I was 11 10 or 11 Um, somewhere around there I think when this when when this was uh, on the service that I got to see it on and uh, it blew my fucking mind and uh, this is kind of the movie that made me a martial arts fanatic because it was really like the first one that I can remember watching like in earnest like for martial arts not just because it was kung fu theater you know what I mean (laughs) like like, uh, and really getting into and like really feeling the vibe from and the way that it still makes me pop as an adult like you're talking about wrestling and I think that's what it, uh, is part of this is because it's such an event and it has this same grandiose feel that like those moments that happen in the fights are designed uh, as you're watching the movie to make you pop like that. And I think I really connected with that as that that age of a kid. And uh, oh, I, I don't
1: blame you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And I really I have this very deep memory of that. And I didn't really think about it. And I don't you know, like, it's not something that really matters to me because it's just blood sport. You know, it's like, fuck, man, it's blood sport. It's a great fucking action movie. But like, yeah. no, this I, this mean, is... I remember seeing blood sport when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, I think but, it's, it's almost always came on like HBO or some shit.
0: Yeah, it's, it had to have been HBO that I saw it on. It had to have been. And, you know, knowing that now, like that's definitely, this would be the movie that made me a 100% huge martial arts fanatic and made me want to watch yeah. even more of them and, and sparked that. And uh, my dad loved martial arts movies like a lot when I was a kid. So we watched like a ton of them, like any of them. It didn't matter. Like even Steven Seagal, good ones, bad ones, martial arts movies. He was like all over them, but they had to be like the bigger ones. Like I've, I've seen some really bad ones that were directed video that the martial arts are still amazing but they're really low budget but my dad wouldn't have gotten into those you know what I yeah. mean like probably the lowest quality he would go Steven Skull.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Steven Skull. <laughs> and what an asshole he was.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's absolutely the case. So um that's my story time, man. Um I there you the realization that uh, this is probably the movie that is responsible for my love of martial arts films that's awesome well thanks. that is awesome thanks I like Bloodsport that. yeah all yeah. right thank you go- Bloodsport let's go ahead and uh, close this out so for uh, the rest of this episode on the pirate radio edit we're gonna play the band Prong from an album that uh, Boz and I definitely talked about on a podcast <laughs> before and how much he actually loved this band and these songs so up first uh, we're gonna have Whose Fist Is This Anyway right after the Ending Legion
7: show promo if you
0: whose fist is this anyway actually does have a chorus where they sing the words whose fist is this anyway at some point in time well, i don't know if we'll get to it no matter how i edit it later but i chose that because if you've ever been punched like some of the guys in this movie got punched by frank Dukes, you probably yeah. asked yourself that question when seeing his fist retract was
1: whose fist <laughs> is this anyway <laughs> whose, whose fist was that <laughs> what happened to me? <laughs> if you like to find the... Uh, why can't I remember third grade? <laughs> if you like
0: to find the 416 previous instances where we have Respirants being punched so hard that you don't know whose fist it is, which I don't think has ever happened before on this show, you can check us out yep. on legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema-psyops-podcast. You can also bring up how much you love Bloodsport and how if it was or was not the movie that got you into martial arts films on the Legion Discord chat while you talk to me.
1: Yeah, why not? Let us know! What are you doing?
0: Yeah, well, I'll let you know what I'm about to do with all of the memes yeah. in the meme repository. You let and, us
1: know. Let us then, know about
0: the memes. And then we'll get the fuck out of here. So first of all, yeah. it gets posted to Instagram and our cinema underscore psyops repository of memes there. Then it gets shared to the Facebook page of Cinema Psyops and then the Facebook group of Cinema Psyops. And then, of course, to my page of Court Psyops as well as about 10 or 11 other places right now, I think, that you could probably see that meme from there. And then you can share it on yourself. Feel you like it. Yeah, that would be nice for you. (laughs) While you're out there wondering what will or will not be nice for you, kick the fuck out of this weekend and get
1: your bitch. Yeah.
0: have to turn your clips down because you always record them much louder than me oh yeah yeah i'm gonna have to turn them yeah. way fucking down good thing there's only yeah
1: coming. yeah you can definitely have to do that
0: Oh well, not all of them yeah i think we'll be okay that first one is fucking loud af yeah. <sighs> i don't know why i'm waiting for you to start recording on your side i don't know it does this now recording in progress yeah using your phone has been working out pretty well so far Knock yeah. on wood. So, and then recording to the cloud, um, it sounds relatively the same. And actually, you coming through uh, the recording on uh, Zoom to my Task Cam recorder that I use here directly, uh it yes. is, sounds almost exactly the same as it does being recorded from you on your side to the cloud. Like it's crazy. This mic, new mic, probably helps too. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it reproduces your voice so well. <laughs> yeah. Especially <laughs> since we twinkered, we, we tinkered with the settings after the first time you used it a little bit. I think uh, we we found a pretty good sweet spot for recording now for us though
1: yeah i think so all right well let's uh let's
0: get uh this first boss tribute over with now clearly i don't have the new year's theme done yet i'm still working on it so you're not going to hear it but uh i'm going to still do the same intro for now and then i'll figure something out like and morph into that maybe this year we'll see um sounds good I, I might keep doing the hello we'll see <laughs> but i'm gonna do it for this time because i don't know what the fuck we're
1: gonna do with the theme yet so all right <laughs> all right three two one uh so, uh damn it, We're more you, sorry boy Sorry. No, you got me. Yeah, sorry. Uh I had to- <laughs>
0: While you're out there wondering what will or will not be nice for you, kick the fuck out of this weekend and get your bitch. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm good if you are. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. All right. Uh, Second. Recording stop.